What's up, y'all? This is Good Vibes by Zay. Before we start, if you are looking for the most fascinating, most polarizing, most interesting sports radio show, check out In The Huddle Podcast on Can You Dig It Sports Radio app. You can also use the request line 1833-RADIO-BX. That is 1833-RADIO-BX. The most polarizing, fascinating, interesting debate show is live in the huddle. And I was saying to myself, it's time we bring another guest on the show, right? I, I feel like it's time to bring another guest on the show just to give that alternative perspective on the show. So I was saying to myself, who do I really want to bring in on the show today? And then lo and behold, it dawned on me. I haven't had this brother that I have right now in a minute. It's been like a year since me and this brother linked up. And I said, you know what? I got to get him on the show today. And without further ado, before I even introduce him, I do want to introduce my co-host in the building. Zay, how you doing? How you feeling? Oh, you know, I'm always in paradise. I can't complain. Things are great, you know, especially in the sports world, uh, you know, personally. And uh, I can't wait to talk about the sports today. I'm, I'm really locked in. I'm ready to go, honestly. And I like to hear that. And without further ado, let me introduce the guest here that we have on the show. Um, he's a co-host of Will Fans Will Talk and co-host of Shooting the Sh podcast and listen this brother he does it all okay um listen i'll let him introduce himself for those of y'all that are new listeners to the show for those of y'all that listened to the show before you know this brother you've seen him a couple times but for the newcomers i'll let my guy anthony introduce himself and what he's about and what he's trying to do today with us here debating all these great topics today on the agenda and how you doing bro i'm good man i i can't complain um i'm, I'm proud of you little bro uh, I, see you out here, I see you out here moving and grooving, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's always a pleasure for me to come back and uh, and rock with you, uh, do this uh, do, do this sports talk thing. Um, yeah, I mean, they, you know, if they if they 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 probably seen me around, but yeah, I do. I host Real Fans Real Talk uh, Thursday nights on Verizon 43 in New York City, and uh, shooting the shit podcast every uh, Thursday and Sunday. We drop new episodes on that. Um, I was actually just down in Florida myself too. I was hoping Miami, you know, they don't disappoint me so I can go back for the finals and uh, get back to, to South Beach because I was at a, I was at a game one of the uh, of the conference semis against Philly. I was out there for that, so I was hoping they was going to get back and uh, so I can I can have an excuse to to go back down to South Beach. Now I feel you, bro. It's always a good time in South Beach for sure, but it looked like you're not going to get your wish, bro, because uh, Miami can't handle Bi. They can't. And um, it's time to talk about that right up here as the Boston Celtics defeated the Miami Heat 93-80. One win away from the NBA Finals, the Boston Celtics are. Are we surprised that the Celtics blew out the Heat the last two games? The game was lackluster, and I, I, it, was, it was disappointing that both teams came out the way they did. You know, the first half was, was atrocious. It was horrible shooting from both sides. Um, the offense is very stagnant from the Boston Celtics perspective, which I was surprised about because throughout the entirety of the second half of the season, not the entirety, so the second half of the season, um, like midway point, they had nothing but ball movement. They was able, they was able to get everyone flowing early on in the game. And um, that's what we saw in the second half of this game. They they moved the ball. Everyone was flowing. Jalen Brown got his threes um, flowing in that fourth quarter. He started moving and, and actually providing – some sort of offensive threat on the court. That first half was horrible. Jason Tatum was one for nine. Brown was two for seven. Uh, the best uh, offensive player on the court at the time was Derek White coming off the bench, who's been sensational the last two games. I was surprised that he's his production has kind of been the light, the, the bright, bright light 
of this team. It says it seems that once Derek White goes off, Derek Derek White starts to score, then the Miami changes their focus on him, and then everyone else gets flowing somehow, some way. It's it's weird to say the least. But um, I am surprised that Boston was able to spark, uh, have a spark in that second half. I didn't believe that Miami will falter this bad defensively and because their offense was horrible. It, it was it was nothing going right for this team. I think the only guy that was doing well was Gabe Vincent, uh, who was shot, shot terrible from the three. I think it was like one for eight maybe. But he was like able to get into the rim. And um, Boston did a fantastic job, a fantastic job defensively prohibiting those threes from Miami Heat side. Um, Jimmy Butler does not look good at all. And I, that is the truth. And this guy, there was somebody I called the superstar at one point when he brought the Miami to that championship in the bubble. And I called him that because of what he did, because he was arguably carrying this team. It seems like right now when he's not carrying this team, this team can't do anything right. Bam Adebayo has the ability to score multiple points again to the rim and do damage. But for whatever reason, he's not that second star that he's supposed to be on this team. Kyle Lowry is non-existent. Brother, wait, I think he has zero points, maybe two points. This game, I don't know what's going on with him. It doesn't look good. Um, Miami Heat just did not look like a basketball to an NBA team to me in this, in this game. It didn't look good. Um, 23 points in the second quarter was the most points they scored in a quarter this game. It was atrocious, to say the least. And I think Boston ends it in Boston because Miami seems like they can't get it right offensively, especially after these last two games. And you go right ahead, brother. Well, listen, let me, let me first say this. Don't, don't be so quick to rush to, to take away Jimmy Butler's superstar status because you know, they struggled the last couple of games. Because, you know, we got to keep in mind that uh, Jimmy Butler is dealing with a, uh, a knee issue right now. And, it, you know, we're talking about somebody that was averaging damn near 40 coming into the series. He was still keeping those same numbers up uh, in the first couple of games. And then we saw the change once he got hurt. I I thought that um that Miami should have sat Jimmy Butler in game four in Boston um, just because, you know, they, they took care of what they were supposed to take care of and, and was able to hold on to the lead when he when he got hurt in, uh, in game three and went out. The fact that they, they held on and got that, got that win – that was the, all right, we could sit Jimmy for, for this game four because they probably going to come at us with everything anyway because they don't got no choice right now. So let's sit him, rest him, get him ready to come back to Miami for game five because we also lose Tyler Harrow um, in that game. I, my, I, I call him Swaggy T, um, but then you also lose, you lose him in that game as well. So now that's a huge part of your offense right there with, with, with those two guys banged up. You know, at least Jimmy was able to get on the court. Tyler Harrow with the groin injury, he's not even able to get on the court right now. But you would have got the rest from Jimmy Butler. You know, and this whole series has kind of been a series of injuries because we had Marcus Smart out with an injury. We had Jason Tatum, you know, with the shoulder. You know, I, Al Horford wasn't really the injury. It was more of a, of a COVID situation, but he missed game one. But then on the Miami side, you got Jimmy Butler who's hurt. You got uh, you got Kyle Lowry who's going in and out of the lineup because he's hurt. You got Tyler Harrell who's out right now. P.J. Tucker missed, uh, missed game two, I believe. So there's a lot of injuries going on in, in, in this series as well. I think if if both teams are, are, are fully healthy, Robert Williams also was out. Um, you know, I think the series looks a little bit better. But, you know, Miami is really banged up right now. Um, and if, if they they have a deep team, but there is a huge gap between Jimmy Butler and everybody else that, that uh, you know, on the roster after him, I do expect a little bit more from Bam. Um, I thought that the game three performance was something that they should have went to. Um, but I think, you know, Boston did try to counter that by playing Robert Williams and Al Horford at the same time. 
uh, you know, but I still think Bam should be able to maneuver a little bit better. He's kind of struggled outside the game three this entire series. And then if you know if, if you don't got the if the head of the snake is not a hundred percent and ready to go, it's gonna be some long nights uh, for Miami, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah, I'm not sure if I really want to buy the the subliminal excuses for the injuries here. I think injuries are a part of the game, and one thing that I realized. As much as I've been watching sports all these years, sometimes the obvious thing, it, it comes at the back end. You know, we try to kind of go into the analytics and try to be the X's and O's kings, even though we didn't play the game. Uh, but right in front of our face, what I really noticed in sports the last two seasons is that injuries are literally the biggest key to success in winning the championship. You know, you may say, oh, wow, like, Duh, but like when you think about it, yeah, I think that um you have to be healthy, and the team that's the most healthiest are normally the teams that win the chip, and um that's part of the game. And I think when you look on both sides, there are a lot of injuries, but I still expected more from Jimmy Butler, and I think we need to give Boston the appreciation because it's not an aberration how they did my man's Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, and Giannis in Game Seven. Obviously, Giannis still put up numbers, but you can tell. Um, he started to fade, and when you have gritty guys that's all up in your grill, the real Lil on the mic, I mean, it could slow you down. And I think there's no excuses for the lack of aggression that I see from Jimmy Butler, which is very uncharacteristic. Say what you want about the knee injury, but I know him to be aggressive and putting it all out there on the floor no matter what. He can play without his head, okay? He'll still be aggressive. That's Jimmy Butler. That's the Jimmy Butler I know, and well, I haven't seen it. Stop you from, from, from doing a lot of things. That, that will limit you, though. It, it could limit you, but I just don't I don't see it. And I think um a guy like Jimmy Butler, I expect to, to put it all out there on the floor. Kyle Lowry, I don't even know why he's out there. First of all, I mean, the guy went scoreless in 25 minutes. The game before this one, he scored three points. Once again, I repeat, I reiterate, why is this fella out here? He's not doing nothing offensively. So I think Boston needs that respect. And I think when you look at this game in the microcosm of this series, if we go back to game one, it was the opposite if you really watch the game than this past game five because game one, Boston came out the gate and they punched the heat in the mouth. Then they got outworked in the second half in the third quarter. Not this game. It was the polar opposite. They started off slow and they're coming out of halftime. That's when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum started to do their thing. Remember that game one, they were three for 16. Actually, this game, they were three for 16 in the first half. And in the second half, they combined for 33 points, 13 for 18 shooting. So it literally became the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown show in the second half, which is the polar opposite from what we saw when Boston gave away that first game. And I just think Boston, and I said it before, they're the clear better team. You know, the games that they lost or the quarters that they lost was them giving um, Miami on a silver pad of the game. When you look at that game three, when they had 23 turnovers and Miami scored 33 points off of that. When you look at the game one, as I reiterate, them getting that work in the third quarter. I don't really think Miami really outright showed that they are a better team on this stage than Boston. And I think right now, when you look at Boston, you smell that finals appearance because guess what? You will be playing in it. My thing is, right, when we look at how Miami Heat played, has been playing this entire series, they've been playing uncharacteristic. And I say that because they shot 45 threes last game. The Miami Heat was not one of the high, one of the more shoot three-point shooting teams this entire season. They, they actually were a team that favored going into the paint, getting free throws, getting two-pointers, floaters, mid-game, mid-range. Um, that was the bulk of their points throughout the entirety of the season. So looking at 45 three-points attempted during this series, looks like they're looking for some kind of 
something in the sense of to get sparked them. It doesn't look like they're comfortable in this series like Lil just stated. It just seems like the Celtics are in the driver's seat because of the way Miami Heat's playing is not the way they play. Max, I mean, yeah, Max Struess and um, Gabe Vincent went on um, one for 14 combined from the three-point line. And these guys were arguably the best three-point shooters in this series thus far. Um, you got Jimmy Butler attempting five threes. P.J. Tucker hitting, shooting five threes. Um, you know, these they got a lot of guys who don't shoot as many threes as, as they normally do. And it, it, it's, it's looking like, you know, they're looking for some urgency. And I don't know if they're going to find it in this game six coming up because it's going to be interesting to see how this is all going to play out going into Boston in their home crowd. And you don't want to give – because Tatum didn't play good that first half. You know, if he would have played good this first half, he would have seen a blow, a blow, a blowout. It would have been a bad game if Tatum would have been handing the shots in that first half. And um, I understand that uh, Jimmy Butler has the knee inflammation. I know that that kept him out the second half, I believe, in game was it five or four? I forgot which game it was. I think he it was had, game four. It was game four. He didn't he didn't come back into the game, I believe, or something like that. And um, actually, game three, great game, game three. It was game, it was game three. three. And I understand that that that's probably was bothering him, but. It's like it sucks because this is this another time where Jimmy Butler is having a great time, a great playoff, and then the injury happens. You know what happened in the, in the finals? He had a great playoff coming to the finals, and then he had, he was dealing with nagging injuries, and then they had Drogic out at that time. Then he had it was a bunch of guys was out, and it, it, right now they need all hands on deck. If if Hero could play at least sixty percent of himself, seventy, they need some buckets on the floor. You know, even Victor Oladipo give him more minutes because he's the guy when he's on the floor a long time. He's able to impact them on both sides of the floor, offensively and defensively. He didn't have the greatest game um, in the last game. He only had three points, unfortunately. But more time on the floor, he's able to, to make something happen. Um, it's it's troubling to see Miami Heat go through this phase because I definitely had them going to the finals. I had them against the Warriors as my pick to go to the finals in my prediction. Uh, right now, it just seems like the Miami, I don't know what gear could they could go to next because I don't, I don't see how they, they triumph. Uh, over Boston, in Boston. That's a tough building to win in. Everyone, anyone can tell you that. TD Garden is a difficult place to win in, especially in the playoffs. So, I don't know, man. It's, it's, looking, it's looking bleak. I don't want to cut right in here, and then and I'm going to give you the last word on this topic. You know, when you look at a guy like Derek White, I think he's been one of the underrated catalysts for this Boston Celtics team, and that addition is proven dividends. You know, sometimes we look at these big acquisitions and transactions during the trade deadline, and we look at the big ones and say, all right, that's the most impactful one. Sometimes it's the little ones. And this right here being a little one has been a big one in the back end. When you talk about his aggressive approach these last two games from the offensive end, I know what I'm going to get from him defensively. But from the offensive end, he just came out with aggression. When you look at his stats, I believe it was entering game four. He only attempted six shots and finished the first quarter of game four uh, with nine points and 13 points. And then he followed that up in this game five, and he was looking to score the basketball. You know, I, it was a couple of plays where they were getting back in transition. I'm thinking he's going to, you know, throw an alley open. He's actually looking to score and throw the foul. He has this aggressive approach now that I feel could help the Celtics close out this series in game six. And um, also, my last point here is the reason why the Celtics are here, and there's a plethora of reasons, but one of the key contributors is moving. Marcus Smart to point and having the faith in him to take the reins of this offense because he could defend pretty much anybody and um, he could use his strengths at the point guard position, but it also tailored his game to be more of a passer and to trust his teammates more. And we've seen it in little nuances in every series. Like literally, I could go a game every series and tell you a Marcus Smart play that was a smart play that helped that team 
edge out of the game. Whether it be the Kevin Durant play where um, Kevin Durant was caught looking at the sideline or the shot clock, and he could have took the shot and he actually passed it to Tatum. Tatum made the move and then they scored at the end to win the game. There's little nuances like that for Marcus Smart that I've seen in every, you know, at least one game in a series or two possibly that is the catalyst for this team edging out that game in particular. So, um, yeah, I think the Celtics are on their way to the finals. I'll say this. I think, uh, uh, you know, a big part of that, the reason why they are is definitely the injuries. But you can only play who's in front of you, so you have to still get the job done at the, at the end of the day. Um, I don't, to be honest with you, though, I don't think they make it out of the second round if Chris Middleton plays in that series. Um, but, you know, listen, they should close it out in six. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Miami still got a little fight left in them and they mess around and extend this series uh, to seven games. I don't know, bro. Injuries are all part of the game. That's all I'm going to say. Well, they know, said the same thing about the Suns last year. And we, and we see what happened this year, right? They went home. Nah, but they were, the best, they were the best team in basketball all year. They just, you know, I ah, can't breathe. They choked. You know, that's. Yeah, because that's because every, every year we have one or two teams that they kill during the regular season. They, they'll finish in maybe the top four in whichever conference, and then they go home by the second round. And. Injuries, unfortunately, you know they they should have they should have really went home in the first round. If Anthony Davis doesn't get hurt, Phoenix goes home in the, in, in the second round. But we saw that this year they went home in the second round because they're not they're not really what people want to make them to be. Just because you got the best record in the regular season doesn't mean you can beat these teams in the playoffs. Because you know people people fail to realize in the regular season you playing everybody. That means you're playing all of the, the good teams, but you're also playing all of the bad teams, and there's a lot more bad teams than there are good teams. So if you're playing those bad teams four times a year and you're beating up on the bad teams, yeah, you're going to have a, have a nice record. But once you get once we're locked in and, and it's like, all right, now it's just the top teams that's left and it's a little, it looks a little different, you wind up going home in the second round to, 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 to Luka and, and Jalen Brunson. Ladies and gentlemen, I know y'all not getting tired of watching In The Huddle over and over again. So like and subscribe to the channel and receive these new notifications of new uploaded content that will be coming your way. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your day. I'm out. Peace.